Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. about the sacred archetypes. I'm so excited to take you on this journey today because it's something so near and dear to my own heart. Um, And it's just such an honor to be able to share a little part of my unique view on the stars. So that's what we're going to dive into today. The sacred archetypes. What are they? Why do I believe they're so important? And how you can work with them and connect in with them. It's really something I love working with. It's something that was kind of downloaded into me as I began reading the charts. So let's dive right in to this conversation. So the sacred archetypes are my own little download, and that's not to say that um, they are mine by any means. Archetypes have always been worked with. Um, There are many, many, many astrologers and other types of people who work with the archetypes through the zodiac. Carl Jung was one of them. He has a whole other view on the archetypes and what each sign or planet is sort of connected into through an archetypal view. Now my archetypes came to me um, through my readings, through the energies of each sign and planet and even the house. And that's just my own creation. And that's not to say that this is right or it is wrong. I want you guys to always remember that astrology, the cosmos, energy, spirituality, um, all of this stuff is open to interpretation, it is open to exploration, and at the end of the day, we are these um, small beings in a big universe. We, we really know, we don't know anything except what we feel and what we connect in with, and so in working through this deep connection of our soul and what actually heals us as an individual, as a collective, we kind of tap into what feels right. But at the end of the day, we, we don't know anything. Nothing is finite. Everything is open to interpretation, interpretation and exploration. So diving in there, I want to kind of chat about what or how, how is a better word, um, I was sort of led here through my whole journey on this um, planet currently, this current incarnation. So when I was younger, um, I remember being really obsessed with the Greek gods and goddesses. Um, I believe it was grade five when we started learning about them. And I was absolutely floored and just completely obsessed with their stories and with their their personality traits, their energies, um, what they sort of brought to the forefront as I learned about them. And I felt like there were some that I could really relate to. And then there were some that I didn't relate to at all, but maybe they were fascinating. There were some who scared me. There were some 
who invoked other emotions in me. And this was really like a powerful start into mythology and the, um, the beauty of storytelling. That's really kind of where it began. The storytelling and what that can do for the human mind. It really helps us connect in when we can sort of uh, find ourselves within something or someone else. When we can connect into uh, little parts of ourselves through a story, uh, they, it really helps kind of ground yourself in this reality. It's like, this feeling like maybe you're not alone or maybe everyone experiences the emotions you're experiencing or there are so many different layers of experiences on this earthly plane. It really provides kind of polarity and duality and guidance on how to become human, how to be a good human, how to be a bad human, how to be a neutral human, how to just be human. So I really fell in love with that whole, um, that whole learning of these gods and goddesses and their stories and what they were doing and what they were feeling, it was so powerful to me. And so it kind of remained an obsession my whole life. So when I began to dive into astrology, I loved the layers that the planets bring in of the gods and the goddesses. And if you know mythology at all, you'll know that in the Greek, they have the one name. And then in Roman, it is the, the names that we use as the planets. So Venus and Pluto and Mars. And it's correlating back to these energies, the stories of their archetypal god or goddess, it was really how I began to tap into when an energy is really telling us in the chart, right? So for instance, Mars, when we're tapping into Mars, if you work with mythology, if you know mythology, if you dive into mythology, you start to understand Mars's personality, why he does what he does, what his motives are, um, what his pitfalls are, what his energy signature is, what he likes, what he doesn't like. And that can help you understand what Mars as a planet sort of does or what its job is as a celestial body, what energy frequency it's channeling through your chart. And I really, really dove deep into the power of knowing their stories and then relating it back to the chart because there is so much magic in each myth, in each story, in the planetary expression, right? Mercury, for instance, is in all of the myths. He's a trickster. He is brilliant, but he's also a bit sassy. He's always um, up to no good, but then he also does beautiful things at the same time. He's the only god that can go in and out of the underworld. No one else can go to Hades. There's so much power in understanding who Hermes or Mercury was what he did and then coming back to the planet and saying okay well then what does Mercury do what does Mercury provide for us um, so even Mercury retrograde thinking about when Hermes kind of goes inwards and starts to teach us lessons how does he teach lessons in, in the myths right how does he teach lessons and often it is with humor he's the cosmic joker it is with um, a light heart he, he likes to play these tricks as I said and so we can kind of come into that and be like okay Mercury is not here to hurt us he's not here to harm us he's just 
he is being the cosmic joker and in his cosmic joke there are lessons right and so i really fell in love with this energy i fell in love with tapping in and out of mythology in and out of the planets the signs and the the signs themselves started to come through um, working with my mentor, working and reading into other energy forces, learning about the gods and goddesses um, that are outside of the Greek world, uh, more gods and goddesses in the Hindu culture, in, um, in the Inuit culture, in the, the Chinese, Japanese, all these other gods and goddesses uh, kind of bring extra flavors. So it's not just this Greek and Roman layer, we can layer in all these other elemental goddesses and they all, when you look deep into it, they all spring from the same um, tree, or <laughs> I don't know if that's not the right uh, analogy or metaphor, but like they're all from the same place. You know, the moon goddesses all have the same sort of energy force between every culture. The sun gods or goddesses always have the same um, same energies, the same, it's like they're, they're coming from the same place, right? Um, they're just expressing through different cultures based on that culture sort of way of living. And it really started to open up these archetypal expressions of each sign for me as these 12 different energy forces and how they want to express so what they want to do, what their wounds are, um, sort of how you can step deeper into their expressions and find yourself within their stories, right? So for instance, the witch or Scorpio. Scorpio energy comes in understanding pain, understanding fear, understanding betrayal, understanding the darkest aspects of life that we don't necessarily want to look into. There's all the good of Scorpio too, which is its intensity, its magnetism, its ability to pull shadows to the surface, its ability to connect with the beyond, the oracle, the, um, the shared ability to, to be in relationships and bonds and have resources shared together. There's so much good to Scorpio and then there's so, mu so much pain in that energy too, as just an ener every energy force has its shadow and its light. But the witch, when we tap into the witch, it helps us frame Scorpio as her true self or his true self is this witch energy, is the person who has been through the energy of persecution, the energy of um, fear and betrayal, who has experienced pain, who has gone through the depths of hell. And the scorpionic person, the witch person, is here to go through that pain because it's part of their lesson. It's part of their um, energetic decision or incarnation choices. This is teaching them something powerful, even though in the moment of these Platonian energies, it can be quite, uh, quite, a, quite intense, quite, um, quite deep, quite hard. But that is the teacher itself, right? And so knowing that when we're tapping into Pluto, we're tapping into Hades, we're tapping into the underworld, we're tapping into the goddess Hecate, right? And even tapping into Persephone. Persephone was taken, essentially, from her mother by Hades and brought into the underworld. And even though she goes through this pain 
and this experience um, of what is called Persephone's rape, which is quite an intense term to begin with, a Plutonian term is rape, is, is fear, is intensity. Um, she finds herself in the underworld. That is a truly scorpionic and witch energy to experience. So we can relate these energies back and say, what was the story? What did this god or goddess or archetype experience? And what are the typical experiences of, say, the witch when we look back past in history, persecution, um, ostracization, all these all these terrible things, um, but she was also the healer. She was also the wise woman. She was also at some points respected, revered, honored. And so we tap into the archetypes to understand ourselves a little bit better, understand our journey a little bit better. Why are we here? Why do we feel the way we feel? Why do we express our emotions in certain ways? Why do we fall into certain patterns? Um, and how can we express ourselves in our highest versions, right? Uh, how can we fuel ourselves better? These are all really good questions when we're tapping into the archetypes as to uh, what we can do to feel better every single day and to live more in alignment based on how you sort of chose to incarnate into this 3D reality. <laughs> so, Tapping into these, I want to talk about the difference between icons and archetypes because I truly believe Hollywood is falling. I believe celebrity is falling, but we as humans will always, always, always want someone to look to, something to look to. So for a long time, it was the gods, it was the goddesses. Mm -hmm. You just, you bow down and you revered a certain energy force. I mean, just thinking about how many women um, prayed to certain goddesses and that goddess alone, like the, the cult of Isis, um, they, they were truly, truly connected to Isis. They bowed before Isis um, and, and served only Isis at certain points in history, right? Um, so there is a difference between icons and archetypes. Icons are sort of this energy force people want to become. And I feel like it is a sense of escapism often, right? Because we, we feel like we can't find our authentic self or we're not willing to find our authentic self. So we lean into following icons. Right now it is the, the celebrity. It's the people in the world that pe people turn to to try and become because they believe that icon is living out their truest alignment or how they would like to see themselves. Maybe they view this icon as being um, the happiest version of um, humanity they, they can see in their minds, right? That, that, that specialness. <laughs> um, and there's such a, a poison there, looking outside of ourselves to become someone else or something else is often, it's not healthy and it's not helping anyone at the end of the day. We can use traits, we can use guidance, we can use um, inspiration from icons to sort of inspire ourselves to be better versions of ourselves. But at the end of the day, there is the difference. And the difference is that archetypes are stories. Archetypes are guides. Archetypes are something you build within yourself. 
and you find your own version of that archetype to step into. So the witch, again, the witch can be whatever witch you find within yourself, right? It doesn't need to be anything specific. It doesn't need to be labeled. It doesn't need to be formed by the Wiccan community at all. It can just be your sacred version of the witch, which you tap into yourself and ask, what does my magic mean? What does my magic look like? What does my practice look like? And how can I work deeper with energy? Because at the end of the day, a witch is simply someone who works with nature, with elements, with energy to to be in greater alignment with themselves and with the world and with the collective and find greater balance every single day. So icons are distractions. Icons are not going to necessarily take you where you want to go because they almost take you away from yourself. Whereas archetypes take you closer to yourself. They take you closer to a part of yourself that you get to reveal through your birth chart, through your cosmic expression. So for me, that that really is the witch being my rising sign, Scorpio and Pluto in my first house. I found so much power when I found the witch. I knew she was there. She's been there since I was a kid. I used to play potions in the backyard. Um, I used to always be connected into the witch. Every witch movie, every everything that was of a witchy nature was part of my heart, my soul. I've known from a very young age that I was persecuted for being a witch. Um, and that kind of came back in the last couple of years, that confirmation and need to heal my own persecution, my own um, black sheep syndrome. But finding the witch within my chart was like finding a piece of myself I had been ignoring for so long, a piece of myself that I had tucked away, a piece of myself that I had buried, especially in high school, especially when the world was looking at me. Now, that's another part of my sacred archetypes is uh, the, the royal, the majesty with my Leo moon and my Leo stellium, the need for approval. So tapping into just that royal wound was enough to help me know that I was seeking approval, that I was seeking outside validation, external validation, in order to even become the witch, right? There were so many layers and they connect all in together to make this powerful cocktail of your sacred archetypes, your um, your sacred expression in this life. So finding them has been like finding a piece of myself. Now, the difference between those icons and archetypes is really going to help you step away from uh, wanting to be someone else and stepping into who you truly are. So I am going to suggest you working with the archetypes in your own way, in your own fashion, and tapping into your sun, moon, and rising. So the sun 
is going to be a part of your archetypal expression. Your moon is going to be a part of your, your archetypal expression. And your rising sign is going to be a part of your archetypal expression. So finding that is going to help you really tap into who you are, how you feel, what you want to express, okay? So knowing that, we're going to tap in here to what they are real quick. All right, so starting with Aries, of course, we have our warrior. Taurus is the Epicurean or the gardener. Gemini being the intellectual. Cancer, the mother. Leo, the royal. Virgo, the priestess. Libra, the lover. Scorpio, the witch. Sagittarius, the wanderer. Capricorn, the creatrix. Aquarius, the rebel. And Pisces is the mystic. So take a moment and just write down your sun, moon, rising and what their archetypal expression is and then tap into what that looks like. So with your rising sign, tap into are you dressing in accordance to your rising sign? Are you allowing your rising's archetype to express itself through your dress, through the way you are sort of showing up in the world the way you are um, perceiving the world? Are you letting that archetypal expression come out and experience the world through the self? Or are you suppressing her or him or whatever? Um, just tap into are you letting that expression come out? And then tap into your moon. Do the same thing. Are your emotions being easily expressed through the archetypal expression? How can you allow more of that expression to pour out of your soul? Um, how can you step more into your archetype of your moon with more grace, with more ease, as your emotions need to express themselves in a healthy way? And then through your sun, it's that fuel. What fuels you? What ego destiny work are you doing? And how can you become that archetype in a way that feels really, really good to your sacred soul. So thinking about the sun as fuel, what fills you up, what keeps you charged, what makes you do what you do, and sort of like a life school that you're learning how to be the highest expression of that archetype. So for instance, my son is in Virgo. I have the priestess archetype here. And when I fuel myself with the earth, with ceremony, with crystals, with herbs, with being in nature, but also with useful information, with purification of my body and connecting my metaphysical, psychological, spiritual stuff back to my physical vessel. Ooh, it lights me up. It gets me going. It's the embodiment piece, right? So my priestess wants to do this stuff. It fuels me. It lights me up. So what lights you up and how can you have more of that fuel every single day? What do you need to sort of like quote unquote eat for breakfast to fuel your son's archetype? I hope that sort of resonates and makes so much sense because it's been such a powerful journey uh, for me, for my people. And every reading I do with all of my clients, all of my students using the archetypes has been truly profound in helping access a sacred part of the self that is either hidden 
denied or feared. And when we can find these expressions, it's like finding our sacred power, finding our personal power, bringing it back home and just saying, oh, yeah, that's who I am. That's how I express. That's how I want to look, show up, feel, and be on this earthly journey. It's like coming home to yourself, coming home to your sacred expression. So that's why I do what I do. That's why I've tapped into these beautiful archetypal expressions. I hope you found so much goodness here. I hope you dive right into this conversation. Go and look into the myths. Look into the um, the gods, the goddesses, some really good books. Um, oh my gosh, I can't even remember what it's called right now. Wait, no, it's called Evolution of Goddess by Emma Milden. Great book to tap into of working with the goddesses, working with um, archetypes in a different way here. And then even just tapping right into mythology. I've got a couple mythology books. They're nothing special. I would say just get a mythology book if this interests you uh, and tap in, feel into it. And if you are an astrologer or a novice who has the knowledge to look at a chart and understand kind of what we're looking at, and you want to bring this into your craft, you want to bring reading these archetypal expressions into your sacred craft as an astrologer or novice or whatever you are, then join me. I am hosting a master course. It's going to be two days. Um, November 13th and 20th, join me for this master course where I'm going to teach you how to understand the archetypes, highest expressions, their shadows, how to locate them, what we're looking for, what energy forces we can really tap into to heal clients, students, etc., and how we can use the archetypal energies to become more authentically aligned every single day. So if you want to go down this rabbit hole with me, I'm so freaking excited because this is my work. This is healing. This is a truly powerful connection. And I want to ask you to come down the rabbit hole with me. Come join me and be a part of this sacred expression with me. So early bird pricing is on till October 24th. And then it's going to go up to regular pricing from then. We have seven spots left. So jump in. Don't hesitate. It's going to fill up quick. Um, and you are meant to be a part of this if you're listening right now. If you have the knowledge of reading a chart, if you want to go deeper, if you're still listening to me ramble on right now, you're meant to do this. So go to the link. I've put it in the show notes. Come join me. We'll go on this journey together live and we're going to have such a powerful time. And I can't wait to see what you uncover just based on this podcast. If you find little pieces of yourself that are inspiring you, that are helping you connect into who you truly are, please tag me on Instagram. Tag me with your sun, moon, and rising. Tag me with any connections you're discovering here. Tag me if you go into the gods and the goddesses. Tag me. I want to know what you're learning. I want to know what you're uncovering based on this amazing um, sort of way of looking at the zodiac. And I love connecting with you. I love 
tapping into your energy through the computer, through the phone, whatever it is, it's just such a beautiful thing to be able to be in community with you. So tell me what's going on, tag me in your stories, tag me in your posts. That is all I have for today, my beautiful, beautiful loves. Thank you so much for being here, for tapping into this um, expression that has just kind of come through from the cosmos. And I can't wait to connect with you again, sending you so much love on this beautiful day wherever you are in the world. Mm -hmm.